it's the best mat of all. It's post-production mat. And I'm giving you a little introduction to part three of our Oscars week coverage. So we've already gone through parts one and two of our top 20 films of the last 12 months for the Oscars cycle. So if you've not watched that, go and pick them up. They're available on the platform that you're listening to now. If it's YouTube, then go and find the actual podcast on all your favourite listening locations. It's The End Pod, and that's brought to you by Spank Media. So, you'll probably find us with one or the other, and if you can't, then you'll certainly find us with both. So, what's happening in part three of Oscar's coverage? Well, it's quite simple. Me and my fantastic co-host, my beautiful co-host, Tim, are going through the categories. We're dissecting the meritocracy of it all. Who we'd like to win, who we think's going to win, and today... We do, I don't know, I'd say about 10, about 10 categories, and then we come back next week for another 10. So, thank you very much for joining us, and enjoy. Hello and welcome, all the people, everybody, everywhere, all at once, to our look back at 2022 and look forward to the upcoming Oscars. Uh, I'm Matt, I am one half of the co-host of this podcast, and we are the end pod. So, before we get too further into it, let's introduce you to my co-host. A darling of a gentleman, an upstanding gentleman. Tim, how are you? And I, I'm well, Matt. I'm doing great, actually. I'm very excited to talk about this. You know, I don't typically get too worked up about end of year. And we were just talking a little bit off air about how I'd kind of forgotten what I'd seen. But my list yeah. is quite top heavy. And there's way more than I thought that I liked this year than I recalled. So I'm, I'm pumped. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. And I used to put together my favourite maybe 70 or 80 songs of the previous year because I used to just work, sit with Spotify on all day long. Every time I liked a song, I'd put it in a monthly playlist. And I'd always think, oh, maybe this year's been a bit underwhelming. I'd be like, shit, music's just sick. (laughs) And it's the same with this. What was clear to me while I was doing that was the diversity of it. On my top 20 list, A24, Disney, Universal, Blumhouse, Netflix, Fox Searchlight, Bloody disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Paramount, Warner Brothers, legitimate 20th century, Vertigo, Momentum. There's such a... It's quite funny, actually, because I think as a year, we've seen people like Universal and Paramount come back stronger. They've had good years. They've not made losses on as many films as as they would have done. When you look at Paramount, they've had Smile, Maverick. Same with Universal, like they had Jackass final of the Jurassic Park films. It's been a healthy year for the bigger studios. Marvel probably not quite as much as it would have wanted, but that's still going strong. But when you look at people like Neon and A24 that everybody's talking about now, Blumhouse, it isn't just doing outstanding small budget horror, but they're actually 
I know there's a film on here that we both love that they produced and it's almost exclusively dramatic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's really strong, a really strong time for film. You have people as well like Colin Farrell, who oh, has man. three outstanding films, The Batman. He had a good year. He's such a good actor. I hated him at first. You go back like 20 years and he was just doing, I'm a CIA officer, like yeah. attempts to be a huge movie star. I was like, what What the fuck? Is this, who is this guy? Yeah, but then he kind of like settled in. Sorry, mate, that's speaking over you go. No, no, no. <laughs> no, he just settled in. I remember like, first of all, who was this guy? And then for years it was like, I don't know what happened to that guy. And then I don't know mm. if you remember the lobster. Wow. What the hell? Yeah. I don't have necessarily strong feelings about that film, but what a weird, what an interesting choice for attempting to be a big budget After Yang was the third film that was in this year. I think it actually released the same week as The Batman. But, you know, he was doing a press tour for The Batman and also trying to fit in After Yang as well. Really subtle, um, lo-fi, sci-fi. Actually, not too dissimilar to Megan, whereby they Mm -hmm. have this... They buy a a robotic sibling for a lonely child. Mm -hmm. and And it's kind of how the family treats it. It's actually a lot like Not All Robots, you know. The Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a lot like that. And not with the robot uprising, but how they treat the robots within the familial setting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really, really clever, really sharp. Paul Dano, again, played the Riddler, and he was also in Fablemans, wasn't he? Strong yep. year for him. Anna Taylor-Joy just keeps going from strength to strength. It wasn't Babylon, wasn't it? It was in the god-awful Amsterdam which isn't probably the best way to promote her. <laughs> but um, she was in The Northman, and yeah. she was in The Menu. So strong year for her. And Ethan Hawke, another one. I mean, Christ, when you look at his filmography from this year. Was it Black Phone this year? Black Phone was at the very start of the year. Probably was released in America before Christmas, but over here it was after Christmas. Glass Onion Knives Out, that was a strong cameo. Of course, he was in Moon Knight, The Northman. There's like this new breed of director as well. When you look at like Rian Johnson, uh, Jason Mangold, Matt, Matt Reeves. Yeah, of course, it was Matt Reeves. Mm. There seems to be like this new generation of filmmakers. Robert That's Eggers. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Robert Eggers. There just seems to be this new, precisely assured with their vision, um, filmmakers. It's almost contrary to what you would expect. Necessity is the mother of invention. Because mm-hmm. these big blockbusters are almost strangling the box office, you still get things like like smile almost an antithesis you know who else i, w- I just want a quick highlight who i'd never heard of before but she could be a big star hong chow she was the mater d in the menu and she played the the best friend in the whale she is a great actor and i, I think her. she i, I think her. she's so great i didn't know about her i don't know where she's been or where i've been but she is a movie star ready to happen she came to my attention well, let's put it this way. There was a film in 2019 called Driveways, and it was kind of a lot like, what's the Tom Hanks film? You know, with the grumpy old man next door. Oh, yeah, Otto something, something. Yeah. yeah, Otto, Otto, Otto man. Otto, Octavius, Otter. <laughs> He's an otter, basically. <laughs> an otter. Yeah. I think otters are probably the coolest animals. Like, I wish that we could domesticate them. <laughs> <laughs> And she played the mother in that, and she played it very much in a straight American actress. It just so happened she was of sort of Asian heritage, but she was just playing an actual role. She played 
a very sort of Southeast Asian lady in Downsizing, the Matt Damon film where they shrink everything down to... Oh, yeah, I never saw that. It's really, really good, really good. Yeah, I think she's outstanding. Really, yeah. I'm really pleased to see that she's coming to prominence. Going to be looking out for her going forward, for sure. Yeah, she's going to be in the next Wes Anderson film. Okay. Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah, it's Wes Anderson, so you shouldn't be shocked. But l- listen to this for a cast. Margot Robbie, Hong Chow, Tom Hanks, Scott Johansson, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, <laughs> Willem Dafoe, Adrian Brody, Steve Carell, Mayor Hawke, uh-huh. Tilda Swinton, Rupert Friend, Jeff Goldblum, Tony Ravioli, Liv Schreiber. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Matt <laughs> Dillon, Jason Schwartzman, Jeffrey Wright. Oh, you fucker. Jarvis Cocker. Well, oh, my God. Seriously? Yeah. From Pulp. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. He made one of the best ever compilations called The Trip. Um, I love Because he, he disappeared to Paris, didn't he, for almost a decade, just DJing in these little sort of bohemian bars. Yeah. That's all anybody heard from him, this one mix CD. It was absolutely astonishing. Shall we crack on with um, what we think about the Oscars then, Tim? Yeah, let's do it. I think we should do it. I mean, it's what we've got you up in the morning for, mate, so it would be a shame not to at this point. <laughs> <laughs> So what were your initial reactions in the most general sense? I didn't see a lot of surprises here. Everything Everywhere All at Once has got some momentum from what I'm yeah. reading. I don't know. If, I can't remember if we talked about this. I don't love it. I don't love it. It's very busy. It's very busy, um, yeah. It's down yeah. moments wore me out a bit as well. Yeah. It's too frantic. Having it's said that, I understand why people like it and why it is. It's new. It's very interesting. It's just yeah. too much. It's like too busy for me. Um, and it's... Funny when you look at Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, that whole narrative of what's the best multiversal film, it's just been blown out the water now. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. I always struggle when it just seems that in, throughout all the categories, it's just picking the same four or five films. Take mm-hmm. one out and put one in. All Quiet on the Western Front, Elvis, Fableman's, Banshee's Finisher. And, Did and, you see Fableman's? I, I've got no interest in it, mate. It's just so boring and so conventional. I don't understand why people like it so much. I would not I, recommend it. I don't think anybody does, though, mate. It made nothing at the box office. Absolutely mm. no money. Mm. But it's a film about Hollywood. Look at Once Upon yeah. a Time. La La Land. Yeah. Nobody talks about that anymore, do they? It's almost preposterous how of a moment that film was. I know. it's so Yeah, and it wasn't even that long ago. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, don't look it up because we're going to both be all really old. <laughs> <laughs> it probably was like 12 years ago. Yeah, probably, I'll bet you it probably was about 10 years ago now. <laughs> we'll start as they are on the Oscars.org website, <laughs> which is always a good place to, you know, find out the Oscar nominations. Uh, we'll go through them as they appear, so it won't be necessarily attaching any importance to the order, but we'll get through them one by one. When you look at writing original screenplay, what do you think the key component is? Is it being original? I know that's not what it means. It, it means, like, obviously there's no source of material, but do you think it's more important to have the originality in the, in the screenplay, or do you think it's exclusively quality? You get what I'm saying. I do. I don't know. I have to look at like historical nominees, but I personally would give credit for, you know, some originality, but I think it's mainly the best non-source material, the highest quality non-source material. I've had this theory that the real best picture is actually the winner of that category. That's the real best movie. I could definitely put some weight behind that. The five nominees, Banshees of Inishirin, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. Now I'm going to get something out, out the way now. Did you see Tar? 
I haven't had a chance yet. Fucking hate it. Really? I, I physically object to it. I've got no problem with Kate Blanchett being nominated for Best Actress because she's just doing the best Kate Blanchett and she is the yeah. only interesting thing about this film. The scenes were too long. Less is more, certainly in the instance of this. And it's like they stopped the film to give some kind of political commentary, some, oh, everybody's so woke these days. Okay, well, if you don't want to perform this artist, then who's left? Would you say, like, to perform this one? Well, I've got you because he wasn't tonight. It's just like, yeah, I get it. Like, I live in the fucking real world. You don't need to stop, face the camera, and tell me about the pitfalls of not separating art from the artist. It's very verbose as well. Almost circumlocutive, bathing in its own appraisal of its own importance. Kate Blanchett, she's the only interesting thing in this film. I won't say repulsed because it's too stupid a word, obviously, or violated <laughs> or bum fucked. <laughs> but I just feel like it annoys me because I feel like it's for people that maybe didn't get it and now they have to be led there, you know, hand in hand. Yeah. And they're the people. And you shouldn't really commentary on why people do or do not like it. You either like a film or you don't. And it has a purpose. But God, if we're doing this for every category, mate, we're going to be here all fucking night. <laughs> but I just had to get it off my chest for Tar now. So there's no fucking way that has the best original screenplays. It's, it's the worst thing about it. Out of the five, which one would you like to see win? And which one do you think will win? I think I would like to see the Banshees of Inisherin win. I don't think it will. I think probably everything everywhere all at once will win because of its kind of originality. Exactly, yeah. I, I've got yeah. no disagreements there. Banshees of Inisherin is a really funny one, I think, because it got seven nominations. And it's in this really curious position whereby you could conceivably see it winning all seven. However, you can make a really good justification for it not winning each of the categories. Yeah. I don't think we talked specifically about this movie either, but I really, really love this movie. It's one of those interesting ones, especially in a screenplay category, because we tend to conflate screenplay with the script as written but it's not just that it's this interplay between it's kind of like comics in a sense the interplay between the visual like how the visuals are set up there's more to it than how well it's put to page and i think that movie was great in that respect now obviously everything everywhere all at once is so unique in that respect and so for that reason i think it probably will win and it probably should win it would be deserving i would have yeah. no problems with it Whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. They're such different movies, too. Everything Everywhere, like we talk about, it's like very, very busy, 100 miles an hour at all, almost all times, whereas the Banshee is very slow. A lot of it's quite sparse. Patient, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, 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 that's a good way of putting it. With Everything Everywhere All at Once, it validates the way that A24 do things. I think this probably tipped them over 30 Oscar nominations. have only been around for seven years. People are recognising that the films are A24 at the nomination. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is a strong category. I haven't seen yeah. Tar. I have not seen Triangle of Sadness. And I couldn't give two shits about the Fablemans. What, what yeah. a waste, by it's the way. A... Can I just like a little commentary there? Like what a waste of a spot. Going down my list of 20, there's at least 10 movies on there that are better, more interesting. Yeah, so. Why are we wasting time on this? With that note, with things like Afterson and Two Leslie, what you have is their nomination puts a spotlight on the actors on independent small film the studios that put them out, the directors. And with The Fablemans, it takes a spot for a film like that. And all yeah. it does is, I mean, nobody saw it anyway. It can't, it can't do, it can't do, it can't do. No kidding. You know, I'm the trash man. Like, I like the shittiest things. I admit that. But it's not shitty. It's just so mid. It's just mm. so average. I don't understand this. It's got a very sparkling writer line. Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner, that is 
that mm. is very sparkling. So you can see why people might be tempted by that. Yeah. I don't know. So the next one, I'm writing <laughs> adapted. I actually, how is Fableman's not an adapted screenplay when it's semi-autobiographical? I don't, well, okay. Yeah, I, I see your point. It's not based on previously existing source material, right? I mean, it's obviously sourced by a person's lived experience. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. How is Glass Onion an adapted screenplay? Is that like a short story or something? It's because it's a Knives Out, so the concept is adapted from the original film as a okay. sequel. Yeah, All I think right, that's well. how. The nominations on this, Top Gun Maverick, Women Talking, Living, that was one that I really wanted to see. Have you seen Living? No, but I love Ishiguro, so I'm, I'm tempted to just vote for that anyway. <laughs> it's just nice to have Top Gun Maverick in there. Mm-hmm. However, I would probably say, as adapted screenplay, you're not going to watch this for the writing. No. Not at all. There's a film that we were both really high on last year, Serrano. That's the very nature of an adapted screenplay. Something like that would have fit in absolutely perfectly. Totally. I would have loved to have seen that get some Oscar love, but... And with Peter Dinklage as well, he's a generational talent. And what is a visual medium when you're immersed in the film? You never question that he's not a full-size human being. And that is purely because he's so good at what he does. Oh, man. I love that movie. I love him. You're so right about that, too. And that was a very interesting one because traditionally the story is that Cyrano has like this huge nose, right? It's not yeah, like yeah. it's kind of like an ugly person. I thought it was a clever thing to do to, to flip up the, you know, the so-called disability. You're right about him. Did you like the Steve Martin adaptation, Roxanne from the 80s? I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. really good, isn't it? It's really yeah, it's good. great. The thing is, that is such great source material. It's eminently adaptable, but also quite universal, like this idea. Yeah. The serial yeah. story. The woman that he's courting, or afraid of courting, she is Roxanne, isn't she? In the Dinklage one? When I was watching Serrano, I was like, oh, Roxanne. Roxanne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adapted screenplay, who's going to win and who's uh, going to win? I, I think it'd be great if Top Gun won. I don't think it's deserving, but again, I want to see Women Talking. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see Living. I haven't seen it yet. I have to assume All Quiet on the Western Front's going to win, even though there's a bit of a controversy about that. Apparently, the German literati the, in the German cultural press hates this film because it actually really? poorly adapts the source material. Really? Yeah. There's this article on Slate, I'll send it to you, about this very thing. But I have to assume that will win because, you know, it's based on a a famous war novel. Anytime you've got a war movie, there's an inherent gravitas to it. I think people are just going to vote for this. I really, really liked it. You're not used to seeing it from the German point of view. And when I say Mm -hmm. that, obviously, I don't mean that march to war, but from the human aspects of that, whereby Mm -hmm. the young soldiers, they've been fed the same bullshit that the young men of England and the Allies were. It's up to the point of signing of the Armistad, you know, the 11-11-11. It's the build-up to that, whereby they're still having these soldiers slaughtered when they're basically coming up with the right contracts and putting the clauses in that everybody's, will you accept this as the withdrawal terms? And then they go away and think about it. The men are just being slewn on the battlefield. And to get back onto the point I was making that you don't sympathise with the Nazis, but you sympathise with these young men who have the shock and the realisation of what war actually is. Their friends are dying and they're dying quickly. I guess I'm kind of rooting for it just because I love Ishiguro so much. He's probably my favourite novelist. My favourite book is Remains of the Day, so I just have like boner for him. So that would please me. I think I'm going to go for probably going to be All Quiet on the Western Front. Visual effects, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Top Gun Maverick. Somehow, 
Top Gun Maverick isn't in cinematography, but yet it's in visual effects when the whole point of the film was there was over 300 hours of on-flight footage taken. So <laughs> editing, cinematography maybe, but visual effects. I wouldn't even say this was a visual effects heavy film. Yeah, it's, I mean, the whole point of the movie is that it's practical effects. I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm, we're just misinterpreting the, traditionally it's always been like, what has the best CGI? What is the best yeah, like, special yeah, no, effects? But, yeah, you know, yeah. If we're talking well, about what has the most impressive effect visually, yeah, then it, yeah, I, yeah. it would be Top Gun. That was incredible for the very reasons we've described. Its whole purpose is that it doesn't have special effects. You've sold it to me. If that is the definition, then don't get me wrong, Avatar Way of Water, but it's still animated. I know the progression's there, but if that is the definition, then Top Gun Maverick, it was the most visually affecting. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the dogfight where they're going, and one of them just... It swings its nose up and it stops almost vertically. I almost stood up and squealed. I went, holy shit. Yeah. Fuck. I even love the first scene where he's going to like Mach 10 or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was incredible to watch. So You felt yeah. the peril, didn't you? The thing was shaking. Is it going to fall out the sky? Yeah. That was great. <laughs> if we're talking about like what visuals have the biggest effect on the narrative, something like that's a definition, then yeah, I, I would definitely both root for and think Top Gun is deserving. And I think as well that would quantify why Black Panther were kind of forever in it as opposed to something like Thor Love and Thunder or Multiverse of Madness, which are much more effects-heavy, computer-generated effect-heavy films, whereas Black Panther was more visually affecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go... It's probably one of the few locks, isn't it? I'll probably go Avatar The Way of Water... If mm. we've interpreted it correctly, I'd love to see Top Gun Maverick win it. Same. Sound. Going through these now, I mean, it's starting to get a little bit repetitive, and I think that's yeah. the shame. I suppose the big budget films, the technical categories actually come into their own, aren't they? So I suppose it's not quite so much of a surprise, but Sound, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Again, like if we're talking about sound as it pertains to the overall product then top gun was incredible in that respect i think this one's almost a lock i think the batman the way that they included the nirvana song something in the way batman's theme when they released catwoman's theme sinisterly orchestral when you hear music and it puts you in a place it might not even be a place that you've been to puts a vision in your head about something very special about music and when you heard that catwoman theme it put mm. me in a place i felt i pictured what this Gotham was going to be like. And when the Batmobile first appears and it growls like it's an animal, it felt like really animalistic, mm. like a cage waiting to be unbridled. Mm. Batman would be my choice. I couldn't pick it. I know, right? You, you t- you're flipping a coin. They've all got the elements. The obvious one's probably Elvis. I did not like Elvis. Wrong. There's the weirdness of Tom Hanks. It's very strange. It takes you out of the movie. So many things I didn't like about it. First mm-hmm. of all, I hate biopics. I hate it. They're all the fucking it's, same. Ugh. For, so that's that. And I actually kind of like Baz Luhrmann. Like, I really love Moulin Rouge. Like, I liked that I one. I love bit. Moulin Rouge, dude. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Casting Elvis as some kind of, like, civil rights hero. Like, come on. Now. No, yeah. they didn't. They did. Yeah. The middle third, his big motivation is, oh, Dr. King's been assassinated. Oh, Robert Kennedy's been assassinated. We have to do something. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. 
Who gets who gets that script? Go, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. No, he sings a bit. He gets good. <laughs> takes a load of drugs. Yeah, we're on, we're on we're on the path. And not very nice to his girlfriend, probably, but she sticks by him. Then she yeah. leaves, and then he falls off a cliff. Yeah, just yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And then he comes back, and then he saves <laughs> the world. He frees the slaves. How <laughs> <laughs> right. many slaves? Oh, well, as long as it's all of them. Yeah, all right. He frees oh. all the slaves. <laughs> Through the power of soul. So he's, exactly. a so he's a superhero. Okay, no, I get it. I get it. Like hypnosis. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we'll skip short film animated production design. Okay, so... Have you seen Babylon? Well, let's go through them. So, Fablemans, Elvis, Babylon, Avatar, Way of Water, All Quiet on the Western Front. This is just the most nauseating category for me. This is just Hollywood patting Hollywood on the back. Yeah, these are all big budget fucking Oscar bait films, aren't they? All of them are. There's nothing in this category, irrespective of how good the production might be. There is nothing that excites me out of these five. Do you, you saw Babylon? No, no. It's fucking pointless my understanding is it's not as bad as amsterdam but it's equally without merit it's meritless yes i agree completely did you watch amsterdam no atrocious mate it is, is this based on the um ian McEwan novel i don't know it may well be but it is atrocious i actually almost made it i think my fifth or maybe sixth one out of ten films the worst films are two now the only reason you can break through a two to a one is when you've got a cast that you could put in an unlit room with no script, they'd come up with something if you left them alone for two hours. That's mm-hmm. how good that cast was. I said on Twitter that it's like, um, it wanted to be a Wes Anderson film, but it was the Nirvana being put through auto-tune of Wes Anderson films. Oh, God. Unbelievably poor. When you have a cast like that, do you think because it's so big, no one gives a fuck because it's not going to affect any of them? We'll go in, I'll say my lines, this probably isn't going to be any good, and then they leave. It's so dreary. It's dull. It's without personality. There is no wit, vim, or vigor. It's just completely underwhelming. Somebody at some point has got to go, this is fucking bad. Honestly, guys, we're not making a good film here today. We haven't been making a good film the entire time we're here. In actual fact, I think I think it's a bad film. <laughs> wow, that cast. Holy crap. Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Like, you, sh- you shouldn't even need direction. Wow. Now I kind of want to see it. Fablemans couldn't care less. Elvis couldn't care less. Babylon, I've heard it's nice to look at. Avatar, Way of Water. But how much of that was actually production design, I guess. You right. bring in the CGI of that. For me, all, all quiet on the Western Front. It was viscerally at war, and it convinced me not only of the perils of war, but of the heartbreaking brutality of it, and the production design of it was actually a large part to do with that. Funnily, with All Quiet on the Western Front, the cinematographer is actually the cinematographer from Starship Troopers. And oh, I love that. It's such a good film. Such a good film. Um, yeah, so I think All Quiet on the Western Front will win, probably. And I think that's the one I want to win as well. Are you bothered, okay. Tim? Do you care? Uh, this, I don't really have a rooting interest, just because I haven't seen that one, and I don't care for any other movies, really. Ooh. So, yeah, best picture, Tim. All Quiet on the Western Front. Avatar The Way of Water. Banshees of Inishirin. Elvis. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Fablemans, Tar. Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. I've not watched Triangle of Sadness. I felt like it might be too much for me. It makes me nervous that I'm going to just be told what to think again. I don't know. Mm. I'll watch it at some point. 
but yeah. Women Talking is interesting. I, like I said, I do want to see that one. I had heard that there was some production issues with that one because it happened during COVID or on or around COVID. And so they had to do some weird stuff with fitting different characters in using effects and stuff like that. That it comes off as a little bit choppy. So that's kind mm. of interesting that this would get a Best Picture nomination if that's if that kind of thing is so conspicuous. But I find the topic very, very interesting. I, I do want to see that one. With this one, there's two patterns of thought. Which is simply the best time at the cinema you're going to have? The best time at the movies you're going to have? And the other one is, what's the best film? Yep. Because if it's the, what's the most fun I've had going to the pictures, it was Top Gun Maverick. Pure, unadulterated joy. I just loved it. I was impressed by how much it allowed me to join in as well. It's how you do a recall. It's how play on the nostalgia. You hit certain oh. story beats that everybody's waiting for, but you take it a little bit step. You take it, you take it a little bit further. It does all that perfectly. It does the callbacks, the masterclass in fan service done in service of story and not just fans. He was always going to have to be the one to lead them out. He was always going to be the one to show him how. <laughs> but there's a fulfillment in that. It's like um, a great comedy, something like Anchorman or like Guardians of the Galaxy, whereby you know all the jokes off by heart, but it's almost the expectation of hearing the punchline. It's yeah. almost as rewarding as hearing the joke for the first time. It's just so much fun. I mean, it ain't going to fucking win. <laughs> no. <laughs> it ain't going to fucking If I won, though, dude, I would jump out of my seat. I would I be would. so happy if that one. I would. And Tom Cruise, is, he's got an Oscar in his. Was it born, born on the 4th of July? Did he get at least a nomination for that? I don't know if he's an Oscar winner. Off the top of my head, I know he got a nomination for Magnolia. I don't think he's ever won unless it's like in some producer role that I don't know about. No way. Born on the 4th of July, nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role. Jerry Maguire, Best Actor in a Leading Role. Oh, I'm really pleased to see that. That's <laughs> so funny. It is. Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Magnolia. And of course, now for Best Motion Picture, Top Gun Maverick, I suppose, as a producer. I love Tom Cruise. I love I him. He had that period when he was getting a little bit weird, wasn't he? But I think that's just middle age where you're trying to keep up with yourself. You're competing with your younger self, almost. It is embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, then you get to a point where you're just comfortable with yourself. And he just goes from strength to strength. We've said it on the podcast before. The guy's had three legendary careers. Legendary. Yeah. Like, he did all these action-packed, tokenistic, we've got to get it wrong before we get it right, stuff like Top Gun, like Days of Thunder, like Colour of Money, even Rain Man and Cocktail. And then he started to do more cerebral stuff, didn't he? With, like, mm -hmm. um, was it Oblivion and mm -hmm. Minority Report and Eyes Wide Shut and with... And then, Sky, maybe. Yeah, Vanilla Sky, absolutely Vanilla Sky. And then after that, he started like in his 50s becoming one of the biggest action stars in the world. He's just an absolute phenomenon. So pleased that he's finally got that Billy film. Think about how long his career has been. And you have to struggle to come up with things in his filmography that are not good, not just bad. His filmography is almost it's impeccable. universally without reproach. It's so good. Everything you see is is at minimum entertaining. It's obvious that he puts in like so much work and is deeply invested in everything. And some mm. of the most iconic films of all time he has started. It's just crazy. Mm. And he's still going. Yeah. He's still yeah. doing Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. With guys like Henry Cavill. Yeah. It's crazy. Unbelievable. And even when you look at his early films, even his early films aren't embarrassing. If no. you look at Johnny Depp filmography, Risky Business, All the Right Moves, even they... 
Well, there were coming of age stories, but they weren't kind of like how Superbad wasn't. It wasn't afraid to yeah. get his hands in the dirt and. So yeah, agree with you, Tim. If this one, I'd jump out my seat. But let's face it, mate, it ain't going to happen. So realistically, which one do you think is going to win out of that list? I think everything, everywhere, all at once will win. And though it's not for me, I wouldn't be upset if it did. If I were rooting for something beyond Top Gun, I would root for the Banshees of Inisherin. I just love that movie. I do, and that that has a chance. I think. I mean, when was the last time a war film won anything? They love a war film, mate. I mean, there's a few here, like Fableman's. It's a film about filmmaking. They love an old Hollywood film. That could win, dude. I'm not even kidding. I mean, it, it won do. Best Director. I th- it may have won Best Drama at the Golden Globes. I can't remember. Weird. The Golden Globes aren't generally a good indication because they only have about 240 voted members of the foreign press. Whereas when you look at the Screenwriters Guild and the Directors Guild and SAG Awards, yeah. Yeah, SAG. Yeah, yeah. They have thousands of members voting on it. All right, let me put it, let me ask you this question. What out of this list would you be pissed to see win? I assume Tar. Yeah, Tar would, I would be personally insulting if that won yeah. because it's simply not a good film. One outstanding performance does not a best picture make. Mm-hmm. Let's just say Top Gun Maverick's not going to win it. So out of them all, Banshees of Inishir and I just struggle with it a bit because it is probably the best film of the year, but... I feel like there needs to be a bit more pizzazz with the Best Picture winner. It doesn't sit well with me, despite the fact I love the film. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's very patient. It would be an unusual Best Picture winner. But that's the one I'd like to see win, let's say that. And who will win? Now I've I've seen it recently, All Quiet on the Western Front could be the one. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's got that Oscar tragedy needed. Mm -hmm. You You don't win Oscars with happy films, do you? La La Land, Do did you? that win? No, 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 Moonlight won, and that was no, like... That is, that is not a happy film. No. <laughs> <laughs> the one about the pedo priests with... Oh, Spotlight, yeah, Spotlight. Spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, so that's that's a lesson learned then. Remember when 1917, was that like two, three years ago now? Three, four years ago? Yes. People thought that was going to win, right? That was a surprise it didn't win, if I remember. Yeah, people seemed to think it was a lot. Now... My issue with that film was it's done in single take. And my only question to that is, but for why? Yeah. What is the improvement? Right. So, yeah, as long as Tar or Fablemans don't win, mate, I think we'll be quitting on this one. <laughs> I don't give a fuck as long as yeah, I'd be pissed to foul this one, too. There's three I, I wouldn't want to win. If Fablemans won, I would be personally insulted because it's like the most average thing available. It's just not right, is it? They've got to have seen these films, haven't they? I mean, they get yeah. about 250 screeners each, don't they? Well, it's all login yeah. now, isn't it? You don't actually get a box of screeners. It's just login and watch. Yeah, yeah. That's probably why they just keep putting the same films on each category. <laughs> they got a chance yeah. to actually get people to watch it. <laughs> oh, my God. That was a noise. Ooh. Music, original song. I'm not really familiar with these. This is Life. David Byrne of Talking Heads mm. uh, co-wrote that one, performed it. Natu Natu from RRR. Have you seen RRR? No. I've got no interest in it, mate. No interest. I'm pleased that, you know, Tollywood, Bollywood, whatever it is, is having some prominence, but I just I just find the whole premise of it silly. People are talking about it just in my research for our top 20 list, but yeah. I don't know what is it about. It's about the, the British Empire occupation of India and there's these two folk heroes of Indian law that helped in the uprising. I mean, they probably would never have met. It would be like putting Wolverine and Deadpool together in a film. And there's this 
absolutely absurd 20 minute dance sequence in the middle of it that everybody absolutely loved but i'm just like can we just get back on with the story now maybe it wasn't 20 but maybe 10 minutes but felt like 20 yeah it felt longer than that and it's very cartoony everything's a bit yeah (laughs) tongue-in-cheek a little bit winky winky yeah hold my hand top gun maverick lift me up black panther and applause from tell it like from tell it like i never heard of it i don't care the only song that i cared about in the last year was from serrano and that was wherever i fall that oh, song so good. fucking blew me away coming it the day after and i had to go and find the song and i put it on spotify and i listened to it over and over again and i felt so lovely and warm and yeah sex not sexy it's just just <laughs> just, just all warm and lovely do you know like when you're getting into a song and you're almost listening to it like somebody's watching you listen to it so you've got to put on like a bit of a, a little bit of performance to show how yep. good this song is and it's like that but you're in a room on your own and you just feel like almost like this ridiculous interconnection with the actual song that's not there and then you're just picturing the scene in the film and you're like no serrano no <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that, good. That whole I love film that. It's just fucking so, outstanding. It's oh outstanding. So, yeah, so I don't true. really care about music. Me neither. Uh, original score, talking about connoisseurist films like Tar, something that's put there for somebody to appreciate. It's there for us to all say that we know Tar. Oh, yes, but it's about that. It's almost put there this connoisseurish draw of like a moth to the flame put there to make you want to like them so you can say you understand them and i feel film scores are like that now anyone that's watched a fucking couple of films have to go oh and how good was the score because it's the most <laughs> obvious thing to, it's the most obvious thing to say that's almost irrefutable oh and then yeah. the person goes oh yes yes the score was fantastic Tell me a fucking film with a bad score, then I'll believe you. Name me <laughs> right. three worst scores from last year. If you know so fucking much about fucking cinema. <laughs> fucking cinema. Oh, John Williams. Yeah, all right. You did yours. Fucking Superman. Oh, yeah, that's fucking clever, isn't it? Yeah, oh, name a basketball shit. player. Michael Jordan. <laughs> I'm- yeah, I'm going to be... Uh, I'm offended by anyone who wins this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't give a... I'll tell you what, though. Sun Looks are a sick band, so I would be quite happy for them to win for everything, everywhere, all at once. But it wasn't memorable. And, but, yeah, I just... I couldn't care fuck about this category. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the most wonderful man of them all. Yes, it's post-production, Matt. And I'm here to tell you that we made... We mean Tim. We got together. We had a little natter. And we thought... Let's split this into two, and then we've got four episodes running up to the Oscars. And also, it was getting a little bit long. So the same is our Oscars 95 Top Movies Part 1 and 2. This, as well, is going to be a Part 1 and 2. So if you haven't listened or watched on all good listening and viewing platforms to either of our first two episodes, please go and give them a look. Follow, like, subscribe. Share, comment. I wonder if this even ever does anything ever. I mean, tell us. Find us on Twitter. You can tell us. Under instruction, I followed you. But anyway, guys, that's the end of this one. We'll be back in two days with a final part of our Oscars build-up. And as always, that leaves me with one thing left to say. We have been, and this is, 
The end. <laughs> that was embarrassing, mate. <laughs> Seriously.